You're listening to episode 178 of the Voice in Canada podcast. Hey there, I'm Dr. Terry Fisher, one part physician, one part voice enthusiast, one big part Canadian, and one small part of our community, Northern Voice. Together, let's explore how voice technology is transforming our lives north of the border. And let's talk voice. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Terry Fisher. And uh, today I've got a fantastic guest. Another guest that appeared on my live show, The Voice Fluencer Show. And she also appeared on The Voice Den on September 29th, 2021. It is none other than Oita Coleman, and she is the senior advisor for the Open Voice Network. What does the Open Voice Network do? They are a nonprofit organization that is all about security, privacy, trust, all around voice technology. And as you will hear in this interview, Oida's background makes her a tremendously valuable asset to this organization. We talk about her take on some of these issues, and also we talk a little bit about the parallels between the type of issues that they're tackling through the Open Voice Network, and some of the ethical issues that I have and some of the practical issues that I have as a physician. It's, it's really interesting. The more we spoke about this, the more I realized there are some parallels there. In any case, uh, I'd love for you to hear Oita. She is a wealth of knowledge, and uh, let's get right to the interview. Here is Oita Coleman. Welcome, Oita. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you, Terry? I'm great. Um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the um, opportunity to to participate in this. Thank you for the invitation. Well, it's wonderful. I'm so happy to to, to have you here. Uh, as we talked about previously in another another day, uh, we have a uh, colleague in common, John Stein, and he said wonderful things about you. So uh, so uh, I'm excited to to chat with you. Why don't we start off with having you maybe just introduce yourself a little bit so that the listeners, the viewers can learn a little bit about who you are. Maybe tell us a little bit about your background and, and who, what your story is. All right. Well, thank you. Oh, yes. As you mentioned, um, my, my colleague, Executive Director John Stein um, of the Open Voice Network. So I um, am happy to be to serve as Senior Advisor for the Open Voice Network. Um, prior to joining the Open Voice Network, I was um, Vice President of Software Quality at SAS Institute. Um, in my role there, I was responsible for enterprise software delivery of all of the products and solutions that um, were delivered by the company, um, providing um, oversight and guidance related to standards, best practices, guidelines, um, quality deliverables. So it was really a, a natural progression after um, leaving SAS to continue in the vein of um, providing um, guidance related to um, standards and best practices, in this case, in the voice technology industry. That's wonderful. And how did you, I'm curious, how did you first learn about voice technology? What was your entrance into that particular area of technology? Well, um, I at SAS, SAS has a, a very broad portfolio of products um, from data management to um, customer intelligence, analytics, artificial intelligence, and um, Internet of Things. So one of some of the products that um, that 
SAS worked with related to chatbots and voice. Um, so it, it, in my role, the leading the the testing organization, we were responsible for testing products across, across the spectrum um, that, the, that the company delivered. So that was my first entry into it. Um, my involvement with the Open Voice Network is I got a connection on LinkedIn from a John Stein to say, <laughs> that said, basically, the Open Voice Network, making voice worthy of user trust. Come join us. And I've been with, um, with the organization for over a year now. That's wonderful. They're doing such important work. And so so it's great. And, and every time I meet somebody else who's involved with the Open Voice Network, I'm just more and more impressed with the, the type of people that are that are part of the organization. So it's, it's wonderful. Actually, sure. that is one of the most exciting things that, I, that I'm enjoying. Um, it's just the, the talent, the, the breadth of talent and, and the diversity as well. Uh, I'm really looking at the organization and, and the representation um, across 12 countries world, worldwide, there are over 120 volunteers and enterprise leaders of just various backgrounds, very smart people from academia, from the enterprise, from um, it's just, and then just independent um, companies. It's really a great group of people. That's, that's great. Um, the Open Voice Network is doing so much work. What are some of the key topics or some of the key um, things that people are working on? Maybe even some that are particularly interesting to you personally. What are what are some of the, the big, big issues that the, that the network is tackling? Uh, in my role, I am um, responsible for the um, privacy and security and ethical use um, portfolio. So we are working on privacy and security guidelines as well as enterprise um, or ethical use um, guidelines as well. Um, so focusing on how do we make, you know, again, voice worthy of user trust? How can we put together um, best practices and guidelines and policies around inclusivity, around consent of transparency? the use of data, how can we protect the user as well as the enterprise? So those are the things that, um, the areas that I'm focused on primarily. That's great. And when I, when, I, when I hear about, you know, protecting users' privacy and stuff, I can't help but think of like big companies that are that can collect data and things. Uh, this may be a more challenging question, but I'm just wondering, like, is there a way that the Open Voice Network is approaching that aspect where we know that big companies are collecting a lot of data? How do, how do you sort of reconcile those two issues? Uh, yeah, I get this. And, and I really guess kind of how, how I came up with my name, Quad Box, is the, the voice of reason. Um, being in a large um, software company and being in the role of, um, of of the quality VP, you have to make that that that. You have to strike that balance between you can't keep a product in-house forever to make sure you, you get every bug out of the product, but you can't just wait for um, what the business needs are. There's somewhere there's a, a, a tension between the needs of the business and the needs of the consumers. It's the same thing here is how do we strike a balance between privacy guidelines and security guidelines and ethical use guidelines that will protect um, both the consumer as well as the 
um, the enterprise? How do you how do you strike that balance between those two? To um, and and that really is the value of um, of the organization and the people who are involved is we are seeking um, counsel from you know the platforms as well as people in academic or the um, independent developers, um, strategists, and people across the industry um, in the different sectors lending their voice to give us guidance of, to, to be able to do as you said. We can't, we can't, we can't it can't be so strict that, that, that again, you, it's something that no one will use, but you can't, it can't be so so lean that you know the the rights of the consumer are not protected as well so there there is a that was a balance there my balance there and you alluded to the nickname quad vox then uh because as as you know people that come on the boy stand we like to come up with nicknames so uh you talked a little bit about that but i just maybe you could just tell us a little bit more about how you came up with that name Okay. Actually, it came. I was in in a meeting with the Open Voice Network, and we were talking about privacy guidelines. We were talking about well, what what makes sense related to consent. You know, um, how can you with with the voice assistance users give consent, but then they also need the the opportunity to revoke consent. Yeah, it goes both ways. It's not consent is not perpetual. They should be able to um, to also revoke consent as well. And it was during that meeting, someone um, wrote in chat, listen to the voice of Oita Coleman. She makes so much sense. And so that was really a, just a reminder of my role of just how, how do you ask, um, how, how do you strike that balance? And coming from a, a background of software quality, one of the, the tenets or principles that uh, we work from is the question of, of the five whys, you know, with every answer, you know, every, every, to start with the question of why, and every time there is an answer or response you drill into, it's like, okay, well, why? And then why, you know, until you get to five, you get to the root cause. And I, I'm sure you as a as a doctor physician, you probably have a similar thing as you're making diagnosis is the first answer really isn't the the answer. You just have to really drill into, OK, well, why do you say that? You know, well, why? You know, and just really look at it from from different. It allows you to look at things from different perspectives the consumer from the enterprise and, and just the users in general. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's great. And you're absolutely right. You're digging down the why is, is, uh, is so important. And you're right in my, in my uh, profession as well. Sometimes the surface answer isn't really what is the underlying issue. So yeah. um, no, well yeah. said. I see that we have um, uh, uh, a comment here. Uh, Nigel Wright is uh, watching live. <laughs> And he says, howdy to two of my favorite people. <laughs> Hola, Oita and oh, yes. Dr. Terry. Yes, um, Nigel is, another, is very much, uh, um, I enjoy his participation in the Ethical Use Task Force. He's one of the ones that reminds and really was the one of the people to to really drive into the why of what we're doing. Yeah. For one example um, that I will say is um, we were talking about transparency and and 
and they need to explain um, ex transparency and explainability needs for the consumer to understand what is happening with the use of their data. And, um, and, 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 and Nigel was very clear that just because you tell a user what you're going to do, you still need consent. Just telling them doesn't does not um, eliminate the need for them to totally understand and give consent for what you're about to do with the data. Again, just striking that balance between what are the different rights and what are the different um, values that you want to promote with um, with boys. Yeah, that's that's the mantra that that John. Uh, John Stein often pushes with us is, well, what are the values to be promoted and what are the rights to be respected around transparency, privacy, security, inclusivity, all of those things are so important. Absolutely. You know, the more I hear you speak about this and, you know, you, 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 you mentioned, you know, in my profession, how there are some similarities. It's very interesting because you talked about consent or, you know, and is it enough to just explain to somebody what something is that they have understanding or do, give, do they give consent? And I think about that in my own profession, like it's the same. If you're gonna do a procedure on somebody, just telling them like, this is what the procedure is, doesn't necessarily mean that they've given you permission to do that. Right. And, and <laughs> yeah. so there's some very interesting parallels there. So I find that fascinating. Yeah, and, and especially when it comes to, as you said, you know, is the, the right to give consent. So just because right before an operation, you go in or procedure, you go in, you get a consent prior to. But then the day of the procedure, you go in and right before they do the procedure, they ask, do you still consent? So just because, you know, the day before when you went in for the, the pre-op visit, you consented at that point, you still have the opportunity right before to revoke that consent if you don't feel comfortable with, with, um, with, what, with your decision. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Um, just for fun here, I know that uh, we create these little cards um, for the voice glimpses on the on the voice stand, and you you shared a fun fact on it. And, uh, just just for fun, maybe you can share that story here. Something about being in Vatican City, uh, or is that right? Yes, yes, I think so. Tell us the story. I think I got uh, you know you know what I'm alluding to, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, several um, years ago, um, when it was time to, to elect a, a new pope, um, I was there in Rome with my family on vacation, and the, um, they were having the, the conclave to, to select a new pope, and we were in downtown shopping, and all of a sudden the shop owner said, we need to shut down. You know, the, the Vatican, they're smoke, you know, they have, they have selected the new Pope. They shut down everything in, in Rome, shut down and they rushed us out. And so as we rushed, as they rushed us out, there was this, this, um, sea of nuns and priests and people running to, to Vatican city to see the, the smoke from Sistine Chapel. So was, we were caught up in that in that wave and and uh, we were there to see the the excitement of all these nuns and priests running you know with their wow. their little habits up running through the streets the um the, the subways and buses were packed with people trying to get there so it was just an exciting just something <laughs> once in a lifetime thing that i was gonna that, say yeah that doesn't that's certainly not something that everybody can uh, can have the opportunity to experience so that, that's a great story um well 
Oida, I, I want to I wanna thank you for taking some time to, to chat with us today. It's great to get to know you a little bit and to, to learn about your take on, on the Open Voice Network and the work that you're doing there. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're going to be part of the, the Voice Den uh, next week on, on September 29th. And yes. people are going to have the opportunity to ask you questions. And so one of the things I always like to ask you, the voice influencers, is what are the questions that you like to get from people? What are the things that you like to speak about? And I think we have a little glimpse into that already from what you said. But, you know, if you were to tell people, like, ask me these types of questions, that's what I'd like to talk <laughs> about. What would you what would you say? Um, it, it, uh, questions around I, I would love to hear questions um, because then I'll see what's on people's mind related to what does what are their thoughts on privacy and security? What are their thoughts on synthetic voice? You know, what are the ethical considerations around that? What about um, the youth, you know, protection of youth um, related to voice technology? And then what does it mean for consent from a you know, youth standpoint? Other questions around, um, also the, the, as the use of the technology expands beyond just the smart speakers to being included in automobiles, what does that look like when related to privacy? So you have your automobiles not only collecting data about where you go, you know, what you're doing and, and just how you drive, well, then you now have voice data that adds to it. So now your automobile knows a whole lot more about you. And where, how do you feel about that? And um, the other thing that I always, that I'm curious about too, is the generational, you know, they're mm. my generation, your generation, but then the upcoming generation, their views on privacy are so different because they've grown up with this technology, different views across the generation of, you know, what, what do they think about it? And, and how do we, again, how do we strike that balance between what is and what is to come? So that's, that's great, great topics. And, uh, uh, boy, I, I, <laughs> there's a lot to talk about there. I hope we can get to some of those questions on the voice dead. Cause that would be, that would be wonderful. Um, yes. Oida, again, I want to thank you so much. Um, where can people go to learn more about you or the work that you do in the open voice network? Uh, like what are some resources that you would like to direct people to? Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn, O-I-T-A-C-O-L-E-M-A-N, Oita Coleman. Um, so connect with me there, send me an in-message. I, I would love to, to talk to anyone. And also we'll welcome participation in the Open Voice Network. We are open to, to all. Wonderful. Well, I'm gonna finish off with this comment here from Nigel again. And he says, uh, both your smiles say it all. <laughs> Uh, Nigel, such a such a wonderful person, such a yes, positive person, yes. and uh, it's wonderful to 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 finish off with that. So I'll say one more time, thank you so much, Oida. It's it's been an absolute yeah, pleasure thank here. You for the invitation. Well, there you go, and uh, I'm sure you can tell from this interview uh, the leadership that Oida is able to provide to the Open Voice Network to tackle these uh, very important issues. So thank you, Oida. I think you're doing a wonderful service uh, to the organization and really to, to the voice community as a whole. I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. As always, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please consider doing so. Also, please consider sharing the podcast with others that you uh, feel would uh, learn something or enjoy the types of conversations that we have here. Stay tuned for uh, a bunch more interviews coming up. Of course, we've got The Voice Den coming up. Uh, in a couple of weeks as well. And uh, I look forward to bringing that to you. So 
With that said, have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will talk to you again very, very soon. Take care.